out to Walker. Walker away to Tarp, and then it's gone on to Gagai. And Dane's gone through. Walker's there supporting, and he puts it over the line for a finals try. A couple of plays of the game. The Panthers are going to be first after this. It's been ugly. They've been far from their best. Cleary straight through. The way it's come, a long ball over the top. Katara, the trick finish. Big Lezzers League. Hello and welcome back to Big Lezzers League and all rugby league experience. And welcome back to part three of the season review. In this one, we'll be doing the Raiders, we will be doing the Sharks, we'll be doing the Titans, and as a fourth one, we'll be doing the Newcastle Knights. So we'll get started off with the Raiders here. The Canberra Raiders. Their preseason predicted finish was sixth. We all thought they were going to make the finals for sure, especially after the last two seasons where they actually made a grand final in 2019. We thought they were going to go really well. The Canberra Raiders... A few issues in in the in the group in the Raiders team, and it has forced them to come tenth. And I don't think anyone really expected the Raiders to come tenth. They recorded ten wins and fourteen losses. Definitely not expect expected from this Raiders side. Tenth for this side seemed impossible in the preseason. It should never have happened in this way. They failed big time and you'd have to search high and far to find a Raiders fan who wouldn't disagree. And it's it's just it's heartbreaking for the Raiders fans. Making finals two years in a row and then somehow out of nowhere coming tenth. I mean, I don't think anyone really expected that one. But if there is one guy to credit in this Raiders side, it is their veteran Jordan Rapana. Rapana was paying about $100 to, to one to be named as the Raiders' best this season, but he was absolutely incredible. He was fantastic, Jordan Rapana. Um, playing a number of positions as well. He may be 32, but he certainly doesn't look it, uh, especially on the field. Um, he was asked to play multiple positions, as I just said, this season, and he basically stood out in all of them. Uh, he it was just fantastic, Jordan Rapanas. There's really no other words for it. He was very strong on the wing, as you'd expect, but his best games were actually at fullback, in my opinion. He looked a, like a really explosive fullback and a really a real danger to the defense of whatever team the Raiders were coming up against. Pretty much had to double-check this stat, but Rapana broke 138 tackles across his 22 appearances for the Raiders this season. And for a 32-year-old, that is crazy. He broke 15 against the Raiders in, in against the Eels, sorry, in round nine, and that is hu- round 19. He broke 15 tackles against the Eels in round 19. That is huge. That is just amazing for Jordan Rapana, and he really did have a great season. Now, this might be a bit controversial, but if there is one guy that I'm looking at in this Raiders side who had a breakout rookie season. Uh, he had he only made three appearances, two officially after the laughable scenes against the Dragons, uh, where obviously he came into the side uh, and then was told to exit the field because he wasn't used in the correct way for a nineteenth man and eighteenth uh, man. Sorry, and it was really just laughable, as I just said. Um, but if I was one guy I had to pick, and I think you guys know who I'm talking about now, prior to injury bringing an early end to his season, 
Xavier Savage was fantastic. He he tore both the Seagulls and the Sharks apart when they versed them. His performances against the Sharks were especially brilliant because he ran for over 246 metres, broke nine tackles, made two line breaks and crossed over for a try. This guy has megastar written all over him and I can't wait to see a bit more of Xavier Savage in the next few years. He's such a fantastic player and I really can't wait to see a bit of Xavier Savage in 2022. Now, the Raiders, I feel like, have got the halfback situation sorted now with the signing of Jamal Fogarty. But obviously, there was a, it was pretty much left in shambles this season after the dramatic exit of a guy like George Williams. It was just, just in shambles for me. It wasn't really fair on George Williams. It wasn't fair on... <laughs> well, that's just it. It wasn't really fair on George Williams. The Raiders basically kicked him out. Now... He was a bit homesick. He was willing to stay until the end of the season. The Raiders basically just kicked him out. There's no other way to put it for me. Uh, and it was really disappointing for both ends, both the Raiders and for uh, for George Williams. But Jamal Fogarty, he's going to be fantastic in 2022, I feel. And I feel like he's going to suit Jack Whiten really, really well. Now, Jack Whiten's game is that of a pure 5'8". Uh, and Sam Williams and Matt Frawley, they always looked like temporary fill-ins in 2021. The Raiders were linked to every off-contract or unhappy halfback on the market, pretty much, from Ash Taylor to Luke Brooks, and now Fogarty, but they've signed Fogarty, and they think they've made the right choice, and Fogarty, he's going to be fantastic, and he really is going to suit a guy like Jack White and well. We know that Jamal Fogarty is a real team controller. He really leads his side around the park, and I think that's exactly what Jack White needs, because Jack White needs to play Jack White's footy. And I think that Jamal Fogarty will let him do that. Raiders have fallen well short of the top four aspirations, but there is a chance they'll look back upon this season fondly in a few years' time. The reason for that is a number of young players who established themselves as genuine first graders across the 2021 season. One of those guys is Xavier Savage. Another guy is Sebastian Chris. He is solid. He's probably one of my favorite centers coming through that Canberra Raiders side. He is just solid, and he's such a talented footballer. Whether you play him in the centers or on the wing, I don't care. This guy needs to be in the in the starting side for sure. He is fantastic for me, Sebastian Chris, and he's definitely a first-grade center. And the things I've seen him do on the field, he just looks like a weapon. Across multiple positions, as I just said, he's fantastic, Sebastian Chris. Now, let's talk a bit about uh, George Williams' exit. We did touch on it before. It's been almost five months since George Williams was released from the Raiders, and we still don't really know why that happened, and I doubt we ever will. Was it homesickness? Did the Raiders split the dummy and realize a player who made it clear he wouldn't be around next season? It was just stupid from the Raiders, in my opinion. Was it a culture shift or was it a mix of all three? It was embarrassing, really. Just embarrassing. I mean, George Williams entered the season as one of the game's top few halfbacks. He was growing into the NRL perfectly and that was set to spearhead another finals run 
And if they were, Raiders were going to make the finals, it was going to be through George Williams, in my opinion. They were really set to spearhead another finals run. Instead, it all fell apart. Uh, he was just released out of almost nowhere, and no one speaks of him now. It's a terrible look, and with all due respect to Sam Williams, it really left them depleted in that seven spot, in my opinion. And it was, yeah, as I said, it was just embarrassing for them. Uh, and to think of a Raiders side with not with not not being in the finals, it really just makes it makes me scratch my head. Really, it's a real head scratcher. But anyway, on a short note, the Raiders should have made finals, let go of George Williams, and that really ruined the rest of their finals run, in my opinion. Moving on now to the Sharks, their preseason predicted finish was ninth. They finished ninth, so they got that one right. Uh, 10 wins, 14 losses, the same as the Raiders. Uh, but they had a. I think the Sharks had a much better season and they only just missed out on finals and uh, it was really, really close. Really, really close. I think the Titans just got, just got there and we'll talk about that in a second. But the Sharks. The Sharks' season ended pretty much exactly how I and most punters saw it ending. Either they'd sneak into the finals or they'd just miss it. The season could have derailed very quickly, very early, with John Morris and Craig Fitzgibbon making the switch. Uh, well, not the switch. John Morris is not at the Roosters. Um, he's at South. But obviously, with jo- John Morris exiting the club and Craig Fitzgibbon coming in uh, in 2022, there was a bit of dramas around that. And for sure, the season could have derailed very quickly. Um, but credit to Josh Hannay. Uh, at the club, he was fantastic for them, and they were right in finals contention up until the last round, pretty much. They were one game away from finals, in my opinion. Now, looking through these teams and trying to figure out players that really stood out, it wasn't very difficult to find one in the shark system. I feel like William Kennedy was just fantastic for this side. He was the head and shoulders above the rest, uh, in my opinion. Definitely, definitely above the rest in terms of the way he played this season. Now, he didn't have the best season. He showed some brilliant signs uh, last season, but in 2021, he was the Sharks' best player in attack, whilst his defense, positioning, and support play improved out of sight. 14 tries and 14 try assists in a side who struggled at times to score points. He was just so impressive for me. He also made 15 line breaks, broke 62 tackles, and ran for over 145 metres a game. So really good for a rookie fullback coming through the ranks. I really like watching William Kennedy. I think he's really, really solid. Now, if I'm looking at Sharks rookies coming through the ranks here, Tag Wilton really did shine. He was a solid back rower slash centre for a little bit as well uh, for the Cronulla Sharks. Tag Wilton really should he should take a bow. He did the job across multiple positions over his 16, 16 appearances in twenty twenty one, whether playing in the centres, off the bench, or in his favourite back row position. Tag hit the, hit like a truck in defence and bent the line in attack. I mean, honestly, if this guy is off contract in 2023, 
pick him up, Wayne Bennett. Twig Wilton. He is fantastic. Fantastic. 118 run meters on average. He's super impressive for a young star as well. He played a wide role off the bench more often than not. Um, he was honestly really impressive for me, Tay Wilton. He really stood out in that Sharks side. Now let's talk about the Morris mess right now. It was the off-field distraction that threatened the derail of their season. Popular coach John Morris was removed from his position shortly after the Sharks announced Craig Fitzgibbon would take over in 2022. That was a quote there from a Fox Sports report. And I can totally agree with that as well. He was really just disappointing to see John Morris go. He consistently took the Sharks to finals every single year which is just fantastic. He's over at South now as the assistant coach. I reckon it'll go well there. Um, still questionable about Demetrio, but as I said, we'll talk about that in another podcast. Um, yeah, but I, I was just really, it was a real head scratcher for me letting John Morris go. Um, and I'm a bit worried as well. Now, I think Craig Fitzgibbon is a fantastic coach and the things he's done in his coaching career are just fantastic. He, he's a stellar coach. But any any um, any assistant coach for me, any assistant coach going into a head coaching role, the first year is always going to be getting to know your rosters. Always, it is always going to be having a look at that thirty-man squad, picking your starting seventeen, testing out combinations in the halves, testing out combinations in the spine. That's what it's going to be in twenty twenty-two for the Sharks, in my opinion. And I think Craig Fitzgibbon will actually adapt much quicker than other coaches just because of the caliber of coach that I think he is. But honestly, I can't wait for Craig Fitz- to see Craig Fitzgibbon coaching the Sharks in 2022. Not too far away, and I can't wait. However, Josh Hannay did a fantastic job, in my opinion, as well. Now, Josh Hannay was a thrust into the position completely not of his making. And for me... We talk about assistant coaches coming in and and filling in as that head coaching role and having all that responsibility. We talk about the likes of Trent Barrett. We talk about the likes of Craig Fitzgibbon maybe next year. But Josh Hannay, I think, handled it way better than he ever had the right to be able to. Um, He was just fantastic, Josh Hannay. And I, I really do praise the work he's done this season. He was a fantastic coach and... Staying in that, uh, well, he's going over to the Maroons, actually, to be the Maroons assistant coach uh, in some reports. So, good luck to him in that role if he does get it. Uh, If he's the Sharks assistant coach still, good luck to him in that role as well. Josh Hannay, great caliber assistant coach, great caliber coach. And I can't wait to see what his 2022 looks like. Now, if I am to give any if anything to the Sharks, guys, I think the middle defense, it needs a little bit of work. Sharks missed a horror 910 tackles in the season, and that is a lot. That is a lot, and I think if one thing needs to improve for the Cronulla Sharks, it is the, it is the middle defense. No Woodsy for 2022, and I think it is going to be a bit weird for Sharks fans seeing him in a uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons jersey. Uh, and I think it'll be really weird not to see Woodsy in a Sharks jersey uh, in 2022. But, you know, we talk about guys and how weird it does look to see them in other clubs. Obviously, Adam Reynolds with the Broncos. It is going to be weird seeing some other guys in some different jerseys. 
Um, even Kurt Capewell, now that he's won a premiership, it is going to be a bit weird seeing him in a Broncos jersey as well as Adam Reynolds. But, you know, it is what it is. No Woodsy for 2022. I, I, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Sharks cope uh, without Woodsy in 2022. He is a really good leader in their side and all the best for him at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. To sum up the Sharks' season, they went quite well considering with the coach dilemmas at the start of the season. Josh Hannay did a fantastic job and they were just one game short of making that final series. Moving on to the Titans now, the Gold Coast Titans. Their pre-season predicted finish was 7th. They finished 8th. Making the top eight was fantastic for them. 10 wins, 14 losses, just like the teams above them. As I just said, the Titans made their return to finals footy. Um, that was the goal heading into the season for me, and it was achieved on a little last day of the regular season. Uh, and I think a lot of Titans players would be saying, if only he had passed. Paddy Herbert. What's doing? Um, not to not to down Paddy Herbert in any way. Patrick Herbert, he's a fantastic centre, and he played, had a really good year um, for the Gold Coast Titans. But if only he had passed, would the Titans have won? Would the Titans have been in the in the finals? Would they have won the game after that? Who knows? But yeah, it is just really dis- it's it, it's not disappointing. Um, the Titans did really well this season, and let's get into it, guys. The Titans, the Gold Coast Titans. I can't wait for their 2022, but let's go through their 2021. Now, Fafita, David Fafita was fantastic. Now, his season wasn't perfect. Earlier in the season, it was widely agreed upon that Tino Fasula Malahawi was outplaying his fellow Origin forward. That said, though, Fafita was an absolute monster at times and won games off his own massive back. He had been given the opportunity he would have taken his side through to the second week of finals. I think that is totally accurate um, as well. I think that he definitely would have taken this Gold Coast Titans side to the finals if he had been given the chance. uh, David Fafita, if he... Paddy Herbert passed the ball. If Corey Norman, if Corey Thompson, I think it was on that wing, had scored. If Titans went to the finals, by the way, Rooster supporters would have been absolutely heartbroken. I know that for a fact. I was sitting with a bunch of them watching this game, and they were stressed out. I'm talking about my dad and my uncle were absolutely stressed out in that last five or so minutes of that game. So if they had lost, I don't know what would have happened. Uh, I probably would have copped it all of the next day. But uh, that said, though, it is what it is. The Roosters won. But I do think that Fafita would have had an absolute cracker in the finals if he was if his team did get there. Now, he crossed over for 17 tries, which is pretty much unheard of for a back rower. 22 line breaks, 44 offloads, 125 run meters per game. Stats for days right there. Stats for days. He was fantastic. He also he also broke a lazy 155 tackles. And that's a bit, a bit of sarcasm there. For your Thursday, um, 155 tackles. 155. That is crazy. I can't believe that from David Fafita. That is crazy. But then again, you look at his junior videos and... He was just an absolute freak, and he's an absolute freak now in the NRL. 
Now, wow. Talk about an instant impact. The Titans have a gem in young Jaden Campbell. Now, yes, we know who his father is, and we will be reminded of every game for years to come. But this kid, I tell you right now, this kid is special. His stats were impressive. Five tries, three try assists, 31 tackle breaks, and three line break assists in just seven appearances. Jaden Campbell, I can't wait to see him in 2022. He'll be playing fullback, which means AJ will be moved to 5'8". But he also had a great season as well, AJ, until injury. He looked really, really good in that fullback jersey and was in the origin side, don't forget, in game one, 14 off the bench. I don't think they used him in the right way, um, but he was just solid as well, AJ Brimson. He's definitely not a hooker. He's either a fullback or a 5'8", and I don't think he was used in the right way at all in that origin game one. Um, but look, AJ's a fantastic guy, fantastic player. Uh, I'm talking about AJ Brimson, not Alex Johnston, even though they're both fantastic players. Ali J. Brimson, fantastic season for the Gold Coast Titans. Now, the Stars really delivered. How many times have we seen big-name signings arrive at a new club only for it not to live up to expectation or wage? It happens often. It happens a lot. Now, the Titans outlaid a mammoth amount of salary cap space to two origin forwards, and I think you guys know who I'm talking about, placing an immediate pressure and expectations on both, and I'm talking about the one and only David Fafita and uh, Tino Fasolamau-Aui, who we touched on before. Despite the old less-than-stellar game, both delivered in a big way. Fafita was a monster. When he was on, he was largely unstopped. He broke tackles for fun and scored a try tally more expected from wingers than second rowers. Big Tino had a brilliant season in the middle. He ran for over 135 metres per game and tackled over 92% uh, at tackle efficiency, which is just awesome for Tino. Definitely a huge improvement since he was at the Storm. And I think Craig Bellamy would have obviously molded him into this awesome player that he is today. Both were just brilliant. Both Fafita and Fasulamala Aoi were just brilliant. Now, so there's some rising superstars in this side. Obviously, we mentioned Jaden Campbell. Now, Toby Sexton, Greg Marzu, these rookies are said to have a big part in Titans' future. And especially Toby Sexton, there's a, there is a lot of weight on this guy's shoulders. Now, they've obviously let go of Fogarty. Fogarty is at the Raiders. Ashley Taylor is at the Warriors. Now, that leaves big boy Sexton to carry the halfback duties for 2022, obviously partnering AJ at 5'8". Now, that's a lot of pressure on Sexton. It's a lot of pressure on AJ, but it's a lot of pressure on Sexton. Wearing that seven jersey... And having all the pressure put on you as a young bloke is hectic. Uh, and then you throw in big Moeta Fodawaka, who is still only 21. And the Titans have a crop of youngsters that match the majority of clubs. Now, I just want to go back to Sexton for a bit here. Obviously, we can see now that the Titans have pretty much lost a lot of their experience. I think the only experience they really have left is Kevin Proctor. 
Um, Corey Thompson as well. He's had a bit of experience. Just trying to think off the top of my head who are the experienced guys are in this side. Uh, Proctor's definitely one. Thompson's obviously one who he just mentioned. Um, so they don't really have much experience. Uh, most of the guys in their side have played under 50, probably under 100 games, which is pretty concerning for this Titan side going into 2022. Pretty concerning. It's going to be interesting to watch, but there's a lot of pressure on Holbrook. There's a lot of pressure on Toby Sexton. And there's a lot of pressure on this Gold Coast Titans side now that they've pretty much let go their two most experienced halves. Now, Ashley Taylor. Let's talk about this guy. What a shame. What an absolute shame. The Ashley Taylor era, let's call it, with the Gold Coast Titans promised so much. But he's gone now. He's gone to the Warriors on a training trial. And Jamal Fogarty. As if you'd let this guy go. This guy is nearly 30. He's a great, experienced halfback. Ashley Taylor, fantastic. Why would you let these guys go? Why wouldn't you give them one more chance? Why wouldn't you just let them go for at least 15 games next season before making that call? Wow. It was just heavy for me. It was a real head-scratcher. They have pretty much minimal experience in the team now. Kevin Proctor, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders as well. He'll probably be given the captaining duties, um, being the most experienced head in that side. Thompson as well. It's going to be really interesting to see the Titans in 2022 and also in the future as well. It is going to be really, really interesting to see. It was just such a shame that this season was ultimately be remembered for this, but it happened and and. On the positive, they were one pass from outsing the Roosters in the final. So, great year here from the one and only Gold Coast Titans. New logo, new era, as they say. Let's just see how the Titans go without the experienced halves in 2022. Now, the fourth and final team that I will get to today is the Newcastle Knights. Their predicted finish was 10th. Actual finish was 7th. They did really well getting into the top 8. And the Newcastle Knights are famous for this. The Newcastle Knights are famous for sneaking into the top 8. In my my opinion, it was 12 wins, 12 losses. So, decent season there for the Newcastle Knights. A lot of promise coming through as well, which we'll get to that later. But first of all, the Saifidi brothers. Daniel and Jacob Saifidi. Oh my God, they were sensational. These are big raps to these boys. They were awesome in the front row for the Newcastle Knights. Really solid. Origin quality for sure. I know Daniel's played Origin, but Jacob will definitely be there in the future. Really good quality front rowers in my opinion. I, I, I can't wait to see these guys in 2022. I am pumped because they are awesome. The Knights' tackling was again a feature of their games this year as they averaged 354.2 tackles a game, which is the fourth best in the NRL. So they're a really good defensive team. So really good signs from the Knights this season. The Knights improved on their missed tackle count, averaging 25.5 per game, the second least in the NRL, which is really good, down from 28.1 in 2020 
which is the seventh highest in the NRL. So they did really, really, really well improving their missed tackle rate. I think defense was a huge improvement for the Newcastle Knights and especially a good one going into 2022. As a team, the Knights averaged 588.5 kicking metres per game, led by mid-season recruit Jake Clifford. And by the way, this guy's kicking game is unbelievable. I can't believe the new, uh, the North Queensland Cowboys let this guy go mid-season. He was fantastic. Just solid in, in attack. Really good kicking game. And he really suits a guy like Mitchell Pearce really well, in my opinion, as well. He's a really good player. Uh, game controller, and it really lets Mitchell Pierce play his footy, and and they do that with each other as well. I find it's a bit of a weird halves pairing. Like in some games, you'll see Mitchell Pierce controlling the side, and Jake Clifford playing a bit off the cuff, and then in some games, you'll see Jake Clifford controlling the side and Mitchell Pierce off the cuff and playing his footy. So really, really good. But Jake Clifford racked up six thousand two hundred and six meters in his twenty two games which is 7th in the NRL, while 300-game veteran Mitchell Pearce rucked up 3,705 kicking metres, which is 20th in the NRL in 12 games. So, Jake Clifford, who is a rookie, who has played 22 games for the Newcastle Knights, and he came in mid-season, has doubled has doubled, and and you're hearing this right, doubled the kick meters of Mitchell Pearce, who is a play, who's played for a long time in, what, Jay Clifford's second year of NRL, I'm pretty sure. That is crazy. There is a lot of promise from Jake Clifford going into 2022. Now, while the team has proven to be a tackling machine, that also necessarily hasn't necessarily correlated to the Knights being a defensive powerhouse. Now, they averaged 23.8 points per game, which is up from 18.7 the year previous, which is the second biggest jump in the league. So, look, there's a lot of improvement here. There's a lot of improvement. Uh, But as I said, while they're not the biggest attacking for uh, a defensive force. They're pretty up there. They're quite up there. The Newcastle Knights really good improvement, and that's what the that's, that, that's just what the Knights season was. It was just a bunch of improvement, improvement all around the squad. Uh, the Saifidi brothers were amazing. I thought KP had a, some really good stints as well, especially after coming back from that groin injury. And there was a game earlier this season where he had a stomach bug and played the entire game. And then second half comes around, he has an absolute blinder. Um, so he obviously sorted, sorted that one out in the shed toilets at halftime because he was fantastic. He was fantastic this season, I think, Kalen Pong. He had a really underrated season for me. Um, he had that groin injury for a long time. So obviously he's not that talked about. But Kalen Ponga, he was fantastic as well. Uh, I think Connor Watson is a big out for the Newcastle Knights. I think that it was really disappointing seeing him go. And it's a bit of a weird one as well. And the guru was talking about it the other day. With Connor Watson leaving the club, that does spread a bit of rumor that Kalen Ponga is set to leave as well. And if there's one place I think that Kalen Ponga is set to go, it would be the Dolphins. And it is a big topic of discussion, especially with the with likes of the Mole, 
with likes of a, a lot of big footy pages, especially like the Guru, who have been talking about Kalen Ponga, potential move to the Dolphins. It is very likely, it is very likely now that a guy like Connor Watson has gone to the Roosters. I think that if one leaves, the other will follow. Um, it is going to be really interesting to see. Now, if the Knights want to separate themselves from the, the middle pack and draw closer to the competition's top six, I think they'll need to improve in areas such as defense a bit more. And it's just all improvement for the Knights, in my opinion. I think they need to improve in, in attack as well. Um, and they can definitely do that with the with the likes of the Saifidi brothers, with the likes of the X-Factor of Callan Ponga, with Jake Clifford and Mitchell Pearce having absolute blinders this season. I think that the Knights are really looking good for season 2022. Um, it is going to be really interesting to see. And I can't wait to see Callan Ponga ripping and tearing back from that injury well there you go guys that was part three of your season review i really hope you enjoyed this one thank you for choosing big Lazers league and all rugby league experience recommend this podcast to a friend and i'll see you guys in the next one